Welcome to the Coast Talk Talk podcast. I'm your host, Nick Swinmurn, otherwise known as Coast Talk. I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. Whether it's sports, tech, food, fitness, I've got a bunch of passions. I've also been fortunate enough to invest in some of my favorite sports teams. Along the way, I've met a bunch of great people, whether athletes, entrepreneurs, executives, and we hope to dive into their stories on our show. You'll hear backstories, successes, and failures throughout our discussions. Please subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoy listening to the show. This is Coast Talk Talk. Welcome to Coast Talk Talk. Today, we're joined by Rasheen Smith, founder of FlexPower, co-founder of RealCast, venture partner of Elephant, international man of mystery. Even nailing down this, this intro, getting these titles right, was there's some secrecy to everything involved. So we're going to get into the... We're going to get into the mystery a little bit later. But Rasheen, excited to have you on here. Looking forward to our conversation. Thanks for having me, Nick. I mean, it, it's it's been, you know, a work in progress get, getting together, but happy to be here. And you do a lot of podcasts, right? This is just something that's common. You're doing them every day. This is a... Uh, a lot. Just Google me. You'll, you'll, you'll hear me on any podcast you can find. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this, is, this is breaking my podcast, Cherry. So I appreciate that, Nick, taking my virginity here. Hey, excited, um, excited to be your first. <laughs> but who else? You know, um, always great conversations with you, known you for, for many, many years now. So, yeah, excited to have an open conversation to the world. Yeah, no, it's been fun. Um, it's been fun being friends. And I, but even, you know, there's, <laughs> I'm excited to hear more details, you know, get into more specifics. A lot of times when you're, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, what's going on in the world, what's going on in the sports. And, um, I've never been the best at asking a ton of questions. So yeah. Yeah. part of the reason I'm, I'm doing this show is to, is to dive deeper and, and learn more. Yeah. I love you're doing it. You're, you're, you're a natural host and entrepreneur and, and, and just a creative mind. I, I've always loved and respected you for that. Like always, you know, super, super cool ideas and, on the cutting edge of shit, so. And unknown, but incredible basketball player, right? I mean, you remember, you remember when we played, you were blown away with, I mean, that's that's probably the lasting memory you think of is like, man, those times we played in that little gym in Burlingame, those skills were, you were unaware of this. I miss those days. We we would have Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch there. We'd have (laughs) have a good little run, man. I I, I miss those playing days. I remember that, yeah. It was funny. I, I, now that you point that out, the first thing that came to my mind was when we played back then, it was if you won, I think it was like if you won two in a row, we switched out anyway, just so everyone could keep playing. Yeah, and right. I think when Marshawn came, it was like his team won two games in a row. Anyone? And it was like, all right, hey, Marshawn, you guys are off. And he's like, I'm fucking off. And we're yeah. like, everyone just kind of stood there. Like, it was like, no, I remember like, looking around and everyone just I'm like no well with the way we play is like if you win two in a row you're still off so we could rotate and he's just like no yeah <laughs> just like, you gotta beat me to get me off right yeah okay. just like all right well let's change the rules keep yep fuck it Marshawn keep going yeah so, <laughs> good time no but yeah um I guess if you want to start with uh background you know we can go all the way back to you know birth if you want but just kind of you know where you where you grew up kind of Anything else you think is relevant getting up through school, college, life, all the way to the start of your um, your business career? Yeah. I mean, I, 
um, I grew up in Los Angeles, South Central Los Angeles, um, to be specific. LA is so big, and so when you say LA, um, it could be the Valley, it could be Orange County, it could you know be um, any of the suburban communities. But I grew up in the inner city, um, born and raised uh, K, you know K through twelve in terms of education. Um, ended up catching the school bus, which would I mean. It, th- this this was a lens really into education and the 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 differences between the inner city and the suburbs. I ended up catching a a, a school bus every morning for an hour plus from um, from my home in LA to the Valley to Reseda. And Reseda, by no means, is super affluent, super rich, or anything. Right? It's it's middle class, um, even some lower middle middle class elements. But what it had. What my school had was a magnet program, so it, it had a, a educational focus, and the magnet was humanity. So I didn't know what I was getting into. I went to the school for basketball. Um, <laughs> interestingly enough, I had a friend who who I played with during the summer who was going to school there, and he was like, "Man, we got a powerhouse in the valley. You should look at at coming to hoop with us." And I ended up in my tenth grade year transferring from my homeschool, Washington High School, um, which was right where the the LA riots kind of took place. It was uh, just a few blocks from there was 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 my neighborhood. Um, to catching the school bus to Reseda and getting getting deep into this humanities um, education and learning philosophy and Nietzsche and Schopenhauer and Pavlov and all these very interesting things that I really soaked up. And then access to you know, AP classes that weren't even available at my school in the inner city, right, which only made my application more attractive to colleges, which allowed me to take AP tests, which gave me credits. When I started college, I started college as a sophomore because of all the, the credits I accumulated from AP classes. And I did summer, uh, a summer session ahead of freshman year. So very huge difference in, in the curriculum and, and just what was being offered in, in, you know, at the two different schools. So yeah, um, ended up at Cal, Berkeley, um, where, you know, I, I ended up graduating, walked on the basketball team there, which meant, you know, I tried out um, and, and made the team, um, you know, and formed some amazing, amazing relationships through that, um, which kind of gave birth to, Flex Power, which which is my my baby, one of the first companies I started, um, which is a wellness brand. It's it's you know we're we're creating its next great health and wellness brand in the space. Um, and initially the focus was athletes, and it was how do I help athletes perform and recover better? Because at the time, you know we had these products in the locker room that were stinky, that were smelly, right, in terms of topical solutions. And the alternative to that was oral medication. Um, And I can get into some of that later. But the idea was really to provide an alternative to oral medication and a better solution to topicals. I felt that all the the pills that were literally in bowls, you can can come and scoop them out back in the day and, and whether they were over-the-counter prescription, some of the pro guys had Vioxx and Celebrex there, right, which are prescription prescription COX-2 inhibitors uh, focused on pain relief. Um, I felt 
taking so much, consuming so much of that on a daily basis, because the athletes are using it to stay on the court, to stay on the field, you know, and as a pro, that's your livelihood. And and back in the day there, you know, there was less scrutiny about this, but over time we become a lot more health conscious about what we're putting in our body. But at the time, this was just readily available for them to scoop up and eat to relieve those pains to stay on the field. And I felt that couldn't be that couldn't be good in the long term, right? On your heart, yeah. your liver, your kidney, all the potential side effects that come with that. And on the flip side, the topicals were only marginally effective. They had a really medicinal smell to them given the, the active ingredients. And they provided a counter irritant sensation, meaning they warming or cooled your skin, but didn't do much more than that. So I, at, at the outset, the goal was to kind of create this hybrid of a product that actually penetrated the skin into your, your, you know, your, your muscle, your tendon, but, but that, that had very little systemic absorption. So it wouldn't travel throughout your body. It would focus just on that side of pain, this localized treatment on your shoulder or on your knee, right? Or on that uh, uh, tennis elbow um, and, and, and not travel into your, your heart or your stomach um, where some, some people, even with over-the-counter stuff, just it irritates their stomach lining, right? And they yeah. have stomach pain and issues. So really creating this product initially for athletes that would help them perform better by, because it, it warmed up. That was the secret sauce to this product and figuring out how, how we get that body going, how we get, 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 get guys to warm up so they feel good, they feel loose, their body's warm and ready for optimal performance. And then post, you know, after showering, you know, something that they could apply for recovery to, to, to get back on the court and on the field the next day with less soreness and less pain. Nice. So bringing it back, like you were, you know, when you were in school before you made the transition to Reseda, were you aware that like there was differences in schools or did not you just, you know? Not at all. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, up until that point, my, that had been my, my only scope, right? And, and my only way of life, which is fine. Like for me, it, 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 it wasn't bad. It was, you know, I, I, I had, I, I really had no perspective. It was just, that's how life was and that was normal, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yes, getting that exposure, getting that diversity, right? It, it, I ended up at a school that was super diverse, right? White, Black, Asian, Lat, Latina, Latino. And that, that, that was also very, very enriching with having friends from, from all these different backgrounds. But Man, you know, the, the, the educational offering, the curriculum, the, 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 the classes that were offered there versus, you know, my inner city school was, was just night and day. And, and that alone, you know, sets you up for better success, right? As a college student and, you know, you're, 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 you're starting early just with, with opening your mind to all these different ideas and, and learning more advanced. What do you think, what do you think put you in position to, like be able to go into that environment and like not skip a beat, like and thrive, right? Like not like uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like you went over there and you're like, oh, there's a whole bunch of stuff I didn't know. It sounded like it was just like, ooh, 
there's a whole bunch of stuff I know, but here's a whole bunch of new things. Like, yeah, there was a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't know, but this, this, I guess this more speaks to who I am and my character, right? Like I, I took all that on like as sport and actually loved it and absorbed it and was eager to learn more and more and more and was proud of it. Right. Like going back home and having these conversations with people in the neighborhood and like, yo, this is, this is the shit I'm learning, right? Like it's, it's pretty cool stuff. I, and, and this, 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 I guess speaks more to education in our system as well. I, in the fourth, it was either fourth or fifth grade was designated as a gifted student at my school, 95th street elementary. And so what that did is it put me in a different track. It put me in a, di- and it was largely based on math, right? Like you were tracked largely based on math, not how well you can read or not well how well you can do other things. It was just because I was more advanced at math. I was in first grade. I remember this vividly. They would give us a, a, a math book and it was, you know, this thick paper book. This is before electronics. This is, this is in the eighties, right? And you, you would do the math at your own pace. And I was in first grade and I got to fifth grade math, right? <laughs> like in the first grade, just, just going, knocking, knocking. Off. And yeah, you would get to the next book and you would make mistakes, but the teacher would teach you were correct. And I just go through it. I, I, I love doing it. it. It was like fun to me. Right. Um, yeah. and so I, I guess through that track, you know, I get, I get, I get put into what were the gifted classes, even though, you know, it, it's all relative for that school and, and through that track through high school. And so, yeah, when I, when I landed at Cleveland, Cleveland, the school was Cleveland High. I went from Washington High to Cleveland High. I loved it. I loved it. I, I, I just soaked it all in. And for me, being, being one of the better students was also like being one of the better athletes. Like I, I just, it was competitive to me, you yeah. know, on some level. And was it a powerhouse? It was your friend, right? Had he convinced you that to get out there and it was a powerhouse team, or had he just, you know, was he was he delusional? It, it, it was one of the better teams in the valley for sure. Nice. When when we went to play inner city teams, like it, it, you know, the valley the valley schools are always maybe more perceived as soft, softer at least back in that day, right? Um, we we've seen pros come out, you know, of valley schools many 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 times over since yeah. uh, but yeah we you know i i i i played varsity from 10th grade on and you know we were playing the westchesters the dorseys the crenshaw highs the, these are the better schools in the inner city um and and holding our own right and and so yeah we were always one of the better teams in our conferences in the valley and always competing for that sectional you know playoffs uh championship um with inner city schools as well do you think that um i mean one of your superpowers seems to be networking right do you think that like having that experience of of starting in one place and then being a little bit older when you move to a new school kind of like led to that or do you think you always had those uh you were just always you know personable and talking right because because it's easy in one place to be to be, you know, personable and you kind of get, you get familiar with the surroundings and it's easy to stay, to stay right there with this group of people, um, that, you know, but, you know, being, you know, moving to a different school, being exposed to a variety of people, do you think that that played a role? You know, I, 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 I think that skill set 
that personality trait was was learned earlier on and it 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 it's it goes back to childhood it goes back to the the that six seven eight year old time frame and this is getting a little bit deeper in, into i guess my upbringing but you know i i had a mother who was addicted to crack cocaine right and and this is crack in the 80s you know there was a netflix special uh documentary that came out called crack and i i watched that and you know, there was a woman talking about have, having not seen her kid in, in however long. And I, I, I saw my mom in that. Right. Like. And so, you know, given given that, given, you know, I, I'd wake up middle of the night and my mom's not in the house. You know, this is midnight, one o'clock in the morning. I'm six, seven, eight years old. And I'm walking in, around the neighborhood like looking for my mom. And there's there's, you know, blessed. You know, thank God that that nothing actually happened to to me. Um, you know, but I I, I was, you know, I, I was a little tough kid, right? I thought I was tough. I thought I could take on the world. I thought I, was, I could fight anybody, right? Like I I just that toughness was kind of ingrained in me. But you know, it, it's I'm asking the homies on the street, like, yo, you see my mom, and they're like, little little nigga, get your ass back home, right? Take your ass home and walking me back home. But it 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 was it i i grew this this ability to connect with people and i grew that because like during the day you know i i i would get up early in the morning those years and and go to school and this is why i love school too is because it wasn't like i woke up and i had breakfast being made or i had even breakfast that i could make or even cereal in the cabinet right like i would get up and go to my my damn school six in the morning and play handball or shoot baskets or play tetherball. And and I'd be there alone, right? But I would hear the staff arriving at the cafeteria. I'd see the lights coming on and on. I'd see like I knew that breakfast was being prepared and I'd be the first one there to eat. Right. School was like a safe haven, right? Like not it it was safe, obviously from neighborhood elements, but it was somewhere where, man, like I was welcomed, I was nurtured, right? And and you know, it helped being being, I guess, gifted or being one of one of the smarter kids because my teachers liked me. Um, and 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 so I, I just love school for for that. That's another component, I guess, to add um, yeah. to the background. But even within the neighborhood, though, Nick, like I would, you know, I, I would also connect well with my friends, parents. Right. Like I knew who, who which parents cooked good you know the better meals and i show up around that time and they'd invite me in for dinner and I, so i and this was a you know i i it was a diversity of cultures because i i lived in two different areas within the inner city and one was south central and one was an area closer to downtown and that area was predominantly latin and it was a mix of of, of mexican salvadorian cuban you know just just it, this 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 crazy mix and also Southeast Asian, Vietnamese and some Filipino mix in there and Cambodian. And so I, I, I you know, connected with with these different cultures in a in a very unique way. And a lot of it was based on survival. And so I think all of that growing up kind of ingrained and, and made me uh, 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 created this superpower within me with connecting with people. And, no. and over the course of my career, that that has remained 
a, a superpower and walk me into to the opportunities that I'm in today. That's really interesting because as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, I was relating it back to myself and thinking, like, I I always wish that I had better networking, you know, social skills. I think I'm 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 friendly. I'm I'm good with people that I know, but I'm not as comfortable with people I don't know. I'm not very good at developing new relationships. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, shit, like, okay, I was lucky to have a, you know, a, a supporting, you know, home. And I kind of had everything I needed within that area. I didn't, I didn't really, at a young age, I was like, it was kind of self-contained in there. And then even as I was going through school, you know, I had like my, the friends, and then a lot of my friends went to college with me. And so it was very easy to stay in this little, in this bubble. And it was yeah. kind of like, um, you know, it could either mask, like, I don't really know how to approach new people and talk to them as well, you know, or it was like, I was just content and happy with my group. And so that was like, just yeah. as you were saying that I started thinking like, huh, that's like, and, and as I work my way through that, what I get from that is, is that, um, you know, there's different paths to different outcomes and like, there's, you know, you've got to, you know, it's really interesting to look back and see, you know, there's no, there's not really a, you know, people are quick to say there's a, a good or bad or right or wrong. It's like, there's just different ways to get yeah. to different places and, yeah. every, you know, and there's different skills that you, you learn along the way and different things you can take. But what, what do you think kept you so like, so positive, you know, like, you, like what, what was, um, mm. what, like, especially like when you, what was it like when you went and you saw, okay, there's, there's you know, more resources being applied at this other school, different things. Then you went back home and you talked to your friends who aren't in that situation. Like, how do they, like, how do you, how do you reconcile all that? And like, and, and want to tell them like, um, it's not, it's not fair, but like what, you know, but it is, it is what it is. Like, how do you, Yeah. I don't even know what I'm really asking, but I feel like there's, that would be, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how you reconcile it all, right? Like, um, and and at, at least at that time, right, Nick? Because you're 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 going through it, and it's all live, right? Like, and and you know, I'm on this path where you know I'm eager to learn, I'm eager to 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 go to college, to 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 be the first to go to college in my family, right? Um, but staying positive, I you know, going back to staying positive. I think was rooted in, in faith. You know, I, I, I grew up as a Christian in, in the Baptist church. My grandmother, who for a good portion of my childhood raised me, was, was, you know, a very religious. And then, like I said, I, I always had some form of support and encouragement in school. I think that was, was really helpful. Um, and so I was seeing success not only in the classroom, but I was su- seeing success, you know, in sports as well. Um, sports absolutely kept me out of a lot of bullshit, right? Because I tell you this, you know, the, just the nature of being around the guys can lead to, 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 to bad outcomes just by time and place, right? I, I, I've, I've been on the block when a drive-by shooting has happened, right? Had I been on the block more, I would have been more at risk 
of being shot in those drive-by shootings, right? I've been, you know, in a car that I didn't even know had been stolen, right? Once, which which opened my eyes like, damn, I'm not doing that ever again. And it only we only went for like two blocks. But a friend riding by like, yo, yo Sheen, let's, let's, let's roll down to the store. And I hop in, not knowing that until after the fact, right? But if you get pulled over, all of a sudden now you're in the system. And I'm, I'm this 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 kid with, you know, a, a, an amazing potentially, op, you know, future, you yeah. know. But there, 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 there are many times within, you know, the neighborhood that 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 kids get weaved into wrong place, wrong time situations, and now they're in the system for the rest of their life, right? And, and you know, there's that, and, and we won't get into political stuff and targeting and, and the whole prison industrial complex and all of that, right? But that element exists, right? Um, so playing sports, and as you get older, right, and as you're becoming a man, you know, you, you, you get introduced to newer opportunities, whether that's gang banging or, or selling drugs or doing this or that. And the fact that I was catching that bus every morning, getting up six in the morning to get that bus at 6.30, going to the valley, taking the late bus. There's a, there's a bus that leaves at three when schools get out. There's a bus that leaves later at like 6.37 after practices for athletes like myself. And every season I played a sport. Right. Every season I played a sport. Right. Whether it's track, basketball, football, I'm I'm always there for after school. So I'm getting home now, 8 p.m., whatever. I'm not seeing a lot of those elements. I'm running to do eat, get knock out whatever homework, go to sleep back on that bus in the morning. So that that's taken that that's literally taken me physically out of that element o- o- over that three years for a large part of that. Right. Yeah. And as I start to make friends at that school, weekends down, I'm at their homes in the valley or wherever they're at, right? And and so yeah, it 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 was a blessing, you know, to to have to 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 have that opportunity. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting when you say like they they, you know, based on math, right? They they say, Hey, we're gonna we're gonna give you we're gonna push you a little harder or give you more opportunity within the school. And it would just I wish there was a system that's a little bit more like, um, or not wish there was, it'd be interesting, like, it's just too early to just identify, everyone has something they're good at. So just identify what each person is good at and yeah. push them on a path or just identify them as as gifted in one area. And it's, it's be interesting to see, like, you know, how much how much that could change. The, um, yeah. yeah. So you, you go to, you, you play in basketball. I'm assuming at this point you think you're going to be, you know, you're going to, you're going to be a, you're going to be a star. I mean, I thought this until seventh grade and then I realized it was over. Um, what are you thinking? Are you thinking you want to go to college to play sports? Are you thinking, you know, you walked on it. How did you get to walking on it at Cal? For, I mean, imagine if you could walk on at Cal, it means you could have gone and, you know, to a different, to other schools. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, obviously when you're younger, you know, elementary, middle school, you, you, you everyone thinks they can be a pro, right? You're, no. you're, you're probably the best in your school. You're one of the best in the neighborhood, right? Like, and locally, people are looking up to you and respecting you for for what you're doing on the court, yeah, um, 
or in Iran track. And so, yeah, like there, there's this dream there uh, of playing collegiate ball and maybe like, can I be a pro? Right. Like, yeah, there, there's that dream. You know, I, I, as the years progress, that that dream obviously becomes more of a reality in the form of maybe I'm not that good. I mean, because you start to compete with 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 players, you know, across the country, right? Like a, as you get older, and you really get to level set, right? Uh, like this is this is actually where I'm at. Maybe I'm decent and I can hold my own, but man, some of these kids are bigger, taller, faster. And can yeah. actually do what I do, right? Like, and so it became a, a, a thing that that I was still passionate about, that I loved to do, that was fun. But I, I stopped viewing it as something that that I would do as a career in the future, right? Yeah. I always felt I could make a college basketball team if if I got there, and I I wanted to pursue that and try that, which is what I did at Cal. Um, I ended up knowing players on the team through my summer break session at that summer session before freshman year, because the freshmen coming in were also there with me. And that was Sharif Abdurrahim, who was like the third pick in the draft after his freshman year. Um, and we ended up having five pros on that, that team my freshman year who, who went to the NBA. And Tony Wait, who were the five? You had Abdurrahim, Lamont Murray, Jason Kidd? No, Jason and Lamont were before me. So they were, they were wow. several years ahead. Sharif was a freshman. Um, you had Sean Marks, who's the current general manager of the, of the uh, Nets, who, who played a decade plus in the year in, in the league. You had Yogi Stewart, who had a, a you know yeah. a short, good career in the league, ending I think Toronto or, or the Kings was his last team. Um, you had Ed Gray, who was a 22nd pick the year or two after Sharif. Um, I think he went to the Lakers. He went to Atlanta and. Who am I missing? Tony Gonzalez went to the NFL, tried out, I think, for an NBA team or two, but was all the same and, you know, tied in. That's crazy. Yeah, growing up, growing up in the Bay Area then, it was like, uh, yeah, those were, those, were, those were crazy teams. Yeah, you, you, you also had Tremaine Folks, who, who ended up transferring to Fresno State, who, who, who played a two, three years in the league, I remember him being with the Detroit Pistons. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that makes so so you were really focused on. I mean, obviously, Cal's one of the best one of the best schools there is. So you're at this point, you're going into college. Are you thinking I am? I want yeah, to keep learning. I want to enter the workforce for education, not yeah. for basketball. But like for entrepreneur, but like entrepreneurship, or you're thinking about I want to go. I want to start a career in a specific field, or you you know at this point you want to start a company. I don't know. I want to start a company. I I thought at the time I wanted. I wanted to do something in business in the corporate world, and at the time, I thought it was law. Yeah. Um, so I, I had this dream of being a corporate attorney. Why law? Was it you've you enjoyed learning? You've you've been you've always been good at it, and you see that as like um, laws. The you know you continue you continue learning, and you get to use. You know, did you like the like what what appealed to you about it? I remember. I think everyone goes through a. Everyone goes through, I want to be a lawyer phase, right? And a lot of it's based on we're watching, you know, for me, it was just based on watching TV and like, oh, the idea of winning arguments and yeah, this, yeah. that and the other. Yeah. And then there's others that are like, um, no, I, I want to, you know, I want to get into law because I want to, you know, you know, make sure that the right decisions are made and, and things like that. Like, what were you, what was it that drew you to, to law initially? 
I, I think a small part of that was probably like yourself, the, the, the TV stuff and this idea of litigating, right? I always felt I was a great debater and I, I love argument, art, you know, I love like um, these healthy arguments and debates, right? And I love playing devil's advocate and I love proving yeah. a point. And so I, 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 that, that part of law, you know, definitely um, interested me. Um, but I, I, I did, you know, I, I did see m- myself at, in this high rise of a building, you know, <laughs> as a team um, running law for some big corporation. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I felt a, a, a law school education was one of the best graduate educations that you could get next to medical school. Um, and felt that just loss, just so applicable that the way attorneys think, the way they evaluate risk and the way they, you know, uh, their, their perspective on life, on business and, and things is, is just very interesting. And so I, I, I wanted that education. And so I did actually apply to law schools, take the LSAT and get accepted. And, and I had scholarships and I didn't go because I wanted to start a business. So when was that? Yeah, when did you you get to you get to Berkeley? Like when when during those that process? I guess leading all the way up to you're applying to grad school, but when at that point were you like, you know what? I think I want to be an entrepreneur, or I am an entrepreneur. Yeah, it was it was the dot com. It was it was a whole dot com craze. So we're 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 back in ninety nine two thousand, right? And this is the bubble of it. But I'm here in the Bay Area, and there's a lot of excitement there. You know, they're they're these 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 companies in the internet, this 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 new thing of the internet that um are becoming multi hundred million dollar companies, right? To get a billion dollar unicorn was like a big deal at that time, right? But I'm I'm seeing this happening and I'm seeing this new thing, this internet, this new thing being developed and talked about. And so the first thing I tried to do was actually internet company. That was my first dive into entrepreneurship. FlexPower came next. What Before was the what was the first what was the first idea? The 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 first idea was called allsoul.com. And at the time, you know, we're still on dial-up internet. It's 56k. Yeah. <laughs> like broadband is coming. This this new way of accessing information in a much faster way, including uh, media and 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 you know photo and, and stuff like that, not just text. At the time, I felt that there was, culture wasn't really on the internet yet, right? Like you had culture making noise in ways that it, as it has done for decades prior in music and fashion and television, et cetera. But there wasn't an internet presence for these brands, for these celebrities and, and, and companies yet, right? Um, and so this idea of, of being this portal that not only had information, but had, you know, a networking component, but also had e-commerce. At the time, there were these, these um, very specific, demo, demographic-specific uh, sort of uh, networks like BlackPlanet.com or, um, you know, AsiaAvenue.com that were specific to Th- that particular race. And yeah. I, I also was about, nah, like, I think we, we, we should be a net, there should be a network for all of us where we can hang, communicate, 
you know, post shit um, and and not and interact, consume information and buy goods. Let's bring FUBU online. Let's bring Sean John online. Let's bring all these brands online and give them, you know, this this platform to sell and promote themselves. And so that was largely the idea. And, you know, I had some other ideas within that. Um, including this idea called Multimedia Passport that took the CD-ROM. The CD-ROM at the time was just something you put in a CD player and it played music. Um, but I had this component that had a data component that linked you to the internet. So I was talking to artists about, yo, like beyond giving your fans this amazing music, like you should think about a value add, right? Like we, we can add this other component to your music, to the CD that they can actually put in a computer, right? Believe it or not. And like at the time, this is like <laughs> super yeah. innovative. I think this is 99, 2000. And, and, and from that, we're going to have this magazine. We're all showcasing all your stuff and it's going to link to stuff that they can buy from you. And then like we could do these private shows and do all these things like when, when they come to town for the people who exclusively subscribe to that content. So it, 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 it was a mix of all these things, but it was, it was really bringing culture. Yeah, it's funny. It reminds me of when I'm when I go back and revisit ideas. You almost get excited about the idea again. You know, you're like, man, this is a good idea. You start thinking back, think back to your ideas, and it's hard. It's hard to think like, you know, I'll be like, oh, I I thought of that, and I started working on it, and that was a good idea. And it's like a lot of times it's just timing, but it's it's it's, when you reminisce about it, and you're like, why the fuck didn't that work? Like, what? Why didn't I do it? You know, today, and then you always forget about well, there was the circumstances, like either in the in the world or someone else was already doing it bigger or you were young and distracted by something else, or it was one of 10 ideas, but it's, it'd be interesting to, um, it'd be interesting just to, just to, just to list all these ideas and go back through and be like, uh, it's probably yeah. like we're stuck in a time warp, you know, and we're like, hold on, we could do the same thing today. Just slightly different. Um, yeah. Yeah. Different and, things. And timing's everything, right? Like, like you said, what, what's happening in our world, at that time, factors in, right? And yeah. we ran into the dot-com bubble, bubble, right? Which had its impact on our economy. It had its impact on, you know, the larger financial markets and then, and then private markets. And so some of the capital dried up, at least for the time that I was seeking a raise for this. You know, I had a little bit of seed financing from individuals at the very beginning, end of 99. But as I went to seek more capital to expand on this idea in 2000, there was just not much available, especially yeah. for, you know, an idea like this, because culture was, was just, you know, it, it, can you invest in that? Like people just weren't really getting it. And maybe I w- wasn't talking to the right investors, but I just quickly went and moved on to flex power and, and that, you know, and, and kind of sh- put that aside or on the show. So, yeah. Now, for some reason, I thought you I thought you walked on when Jason was on the team because you guys struck up a friendship. I thought that was how you that was how you got connected. We, yeah, we struck up a, a friendship through 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 the summer. Um, so he would come back. I, Cal had some pretty dope runs in the summer when it was Harmon Jim. Um, like a lot of the guys who were pros who were in town would play, just come play pickup, right? Um, and so yeah, Jay Jay would come back and and the, the 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 summer after my freshman year when he came back and we connected, 
it was from that point on that that we we became friends and we got closer after I graduated and he's he became you know my big brother in in in, in many ways but it, it it was in summer ball yeah now how did you so you got the idea for flex power and it makes sense i remember back in the day i think ben gay was like the only option it was like all right i could put this on it might make this feel better but everyone within a 2 mile radius is going to know that i'm sore you yeah. know which is which is like which wasn't ideal so you've got this idea you're still in school or you're just getting out of school the idea and push to develop flex power was out of school the idea or realization happened in school right because yeah. that that's that's when you when i'm more in it right yeah. um you know, so what are the first steps? Like, what are you, you've got this idea, you do some research, you're, you're, you don't even have to do the research, you're in it. So you're aware of the fact there's not that many products out there. It's a, it's a, it's a space with room for innovation. There's, a, you've thought of a better solution. What do you, what's the first thing you do to get started? Um, Cause it's well, a product, right? It's tough. Like you've got to actually make yeah. a physical product. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you got to figure out how to do that. Right. And like, you have this idea for what you want in a product, right? Like, man, that stuff stinks. I don't want it to smell like that. Well, why does it smell like that? And after you learn about the industry, the regulatory environment, and you, 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 there's a monograph that the FDA has for pretty much every drug product that exists. Um, and it's a ruling basically that, that says for depending on what treat, what condition you are treating. Um, they're active ingredients that they deem as safe and effective for consumer use. And these have been studied and documented and, and, and it goes through this, this sort of F FDA process. And so in studying the monograph for external analgesics, which are topical pain relievers, you see that, you know, the, the bulk of the ingredients approved, um, to make a drug claim that this provides temporary relief of minor aches and pains in a topical form have menthol, methyl salicylate or camphor, which are these strong uh, odor ingredients. And the bulk of the market, you know, 95% of the market will utilize a mix and match of these ingredients. So at the end of the day, they're, they're very similar, um, yeah. which is why they smell very similar and they feel very similar, right? Um, so at, at the outset, I'm like, why? I don't want it to smell like that, period. Like, what else can I use? So you look at the monograph and figure, oh, there are these, there, there's these other ingredients. Yeah. This one doesn't smell. This one is a cayenne pepper derivative, capsaicin, which burns. It's like burns your skin. The idea with these topicals scientifically is that they provide a counter irritant sensation, with scent, which, which, which taps into these receptors in your, scent, in your skin that send a signal to your brain that some activity is happening in that area and it's providing some form of relief. And so whether that cools, warms, that's sort of the idea. And, and so some of them just smell bad. So I wanted to address the smell first and foremost. I wanted to address the counter irritant, not just be a counter irritant, but how do I get it more into the skin, right? More, more through the, at least through the top layers of the skin epidermis and possibly through, through, through the dermis. Yeah. Um, and 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 beyond, and so, you know, we, you know, I, I saw that there was this technology being used to target um, cancer in the form of liposomes, where there was this encapsulation of active ingredients that would provide this 
this this almost laser-like focus and target into the tumor um, and 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 without traveling to, to other parts of the body, but but bioavailability just in that section. And you know that that was that was next level stuff, but I thought like, is there a, a way that I can take that conceptually? and use that to encapsulate these ingredients and nutrients for pain relief and put that in a balm or, you know, I wanted something lotion-based that, that felt like lotion, that wasn't sticky, greasy, leaving a stain, but felt like you're put, putting on Lubriderm or, or Jergens lotion, right? That actually potentially hydrates and moisturizes the skin at the same time, but that's providing some penetration. Yeah. And long story short, you know, in talking to, experts and professors I knew and talk and combing the drugstore aisle and looking at the different products and ingredients and then finding contract manufacturers, right? Contract manufacturers exist for founders and entrepreneurs and small companies like myself at the time. Um, they have an R&D component and they have this ability to manufacture product. So re really huddling with them on this concept and at the time, bringing my athlete friends to create some excitement and buzz with it, yeah. um, it, it, it was finding the right contract manufacturer, essentially. Were so, they domestic or international? Like, I mean, how did you find them? Or were you domestic? You know, yeah. you'd be surprised. There's, um, there, there's a, a, a good number of them uh, domestically, some better, some not. And I've yeah. had my fair share of experiences with <laughs> different ones, right? So, and that's why some charge more of a premium yeah. for a service. And then I think another interesting thing is, you know, everyone, everyone wants this like a uh, get rich quick company. And I think, you know, flex power has been, been a, been a long, a longer journey, right? You've, you've, uh, you've kept developing it and going forward and then, and then tweaking it and changing the formula. And, Oh, this is, you know, now the industry's evolved and what's the next step. What's the next step. Yeah. Like, how have you stayed focused on that for so long? Oh, it's hard. It's it's fucking hard. Like, there, there's no, as you know, because you actually helped me through through one period in the flex power life of, of this brand, which is which this is on its third life. Literally, it's on yeah. its third life. Fit flex power today is a is a new company, legally entity wise, right? Since 2018. With 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 you know a, a um you know a, a new team my my new partner and CEO Heather um, joining in two thousand in the two thousand nineteen twenty with this idea of rebranding the company and and expanding the product line with all these product ideas that I've had over the years but it, it it's definitely not easy and there was a period of time where it was just floating in the water it was just this yeah. you know that that this amazing product that I knew I had developed that I knew helped people, not just athletes, but help people, everyday people, grandmothers, mothers. And that realization came about almost pretty quickly. Once I had a product developed after a year and a half, two years of formulating one of my contract manufacturers in the early days and giving this product to the athletes in the pros. And then their wives and mothers and grandmothers and brothers like started calling me, hey, can I get some of that stuff? That stuff is helping with my hip pain or it's helping with my arthritis or it's helping with this. Like 
really like was like, wow, this ain't just for athletes. I need to expand my thinking into this being for everybody. But it it hasn't been easy. It 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 hasn't necessarily been financially rewarding for all those years, right? And and it, it died a couple times, right? Yeah. Um, but my belief in this product, my belief in in my product ideas, because now I'm really expanding on the, on those ideas. It it you know it, it expanded from just being this 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 product that pain relief product that warms up that athletes are using pregame to warm up and then post for recovery, you know, into uh, a soothe product for everyday pain relief that's more, you know, for the for for the general population um, um, that 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 has this amazing and refreshing and invigorating sensation that's more cooling yet warming, um, a mix of both. Um, that has arnica that you know really focusing on on natural with with the product line also removing anything that's toxic potentially to the body although we are applying this topically right versus something that you take orally right yeah. i'm still i'm still top of mind thinking of things that are potentially toxic to the skin or things that could be absorbed, even though in a very minimal amount that, that, that may be harmful in, in the long term, yeah. rubbing this on all day, every day. And so, yeah, expanding into sunscreens and, and, and lip balms and products for skin relief, eczema, psoriasis, you know, anti-itch products and, and beyond and creating this full, suite of, of this of, of the the next great health wellness brand is is bath salts is is has become what it is now it's interesting that it's it's so hard to know when when this when to keep going with with one concept and when like a fresh start is better right but i think i think for me i, I look i look back and think on these things of just given up too soon on certain things you know and that like the way you get store a story and the way you get people who are familiar with these different iterations that creates like a you know a certain i guess well it creates a history which is hard for it's hard for brands to create a history right and it's hard to um but it's also it also makes me want like oh, i want that thing that i believe in that i'll you know if it dies a couple of times i want to keep going with it and keep going with it yeah that's you know that's that's the exciting part what um i mean it, and, and nick like the fact that it helps people is is also kept me in the game, right? Yeah. Like e even those times where it was more dormant, like I said, you know, there there's no money in the company, you know, to operate, you know, there 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 other issues I'm dealing with. I'm getting calls from trainers, I'm getting calls from athletes, I'm getting calls from family. I need product, right? Yeah. So there 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 are things that happen in our life when we're building a business or company that can completely disrupt it because a competitor comes in next big thing that didn't really happen over these years. This product continued to be one of the more innovative solutions in the category and still is today. Right. And as I look at the, our expansion of product lines, they continue on that path of, you know, 20 years experience and develop in, in, in developing these innovations that interact with your skin in a very unique way. And looking at these old dinosaur brands and 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 categories of products and why they aren't changing 
Why haven't they changed? Why aren't they getting better? And taking those and making them better, right? Yeah. Through, 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 and it's art. It's no different than anyone creating art. I look at this formulating as an art, and I'm able to take these concepts and push my R&D teams and push them. What, you can't do that? You sure those can't mix? No, let's keep like, push them, push them, push them to create things that are, are truly innovative in, in their category. So we yeah. can speak to something different. Well, I, th- I think, you know, as you know, like I, you know, even though I, I guess in theory started in tech, even though I never really saw it as tech, like, I just love real products because that's the thing. If, if, if you had a product with a fast growing audience, but really the audience is the product, right? You have a, you have a site or a, a social thing where it's like the, the reason it's, the reason it's useful to people is because they're there and other people are there. Yeah. That's yeah. totally different than, you know, at the end of the day in this rush to be huge, it's like the sense of pride of, and the difficulty in creating a product. It doesn't matter if one person's using it yeah. or 10 million people are using it this month. Yeah. It's a product that's created that's useful for someone. <laughs> and that allows it to have longevity, right? That, that gives it the chance to, it's gonna. It's a real thing, right? And a real thing can live a long life. And so it's. Um, no, it's it's really a uh, interesting. When do you think? When you look back, do you see any moments um, where you think like, huh, that that was probably a uh, an indicator that I that I was an entrepreneur or that I that I was going to follow this 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 kind of path on 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 my own. I mean, I. I've always worked on my own, right? Like, you know, I, I, I've never, I, I, I've, I've never joined, you know, a, a, another brand or, or a bigger company. Um, yeah. Everything that I've done has been entrepreneurial um, from, from day one outside of college, right? Once I decided yeah. I wasn't taking on that law school education, I, I've been on this entrepreneurial path. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I'm <laughs> I'm I'm a, a lifelong entrepreneur um, in that regard, um, and so it's been in me since day one. Yeah, and you've got um, in addition to FlexPower, recently you've you're a co-founder of Realcast, yeah, which is totally different. That's the other end, whole end, other end of the spectrum. You've got a physical product in the real world, and now you got a product that's you're out in in La La Land while you're playing it, right? Like you put a headset on and you just. Yeah. You're out there. Like, how is uh How did that come about? You know, so to to transition, right? Like, a, a a big part of Flex Power is helping people feel better on a daily basis, right? And it's it's about getting people moving and staying moving. Whether you're getting up to do your gardening, this you know, for someone with arthritis or who can barely walk, this it helps them enjoy that gardening or helps them enjoy that walk in the morning or that running. So. We say feeling good starts here, right? As one of our taglines. When I when I think of so real realcast, you know, is is we're building games and experiences in extended reality. And I've always loved video games. I've always, you know, I'm not a hard, I can't say I'm a hardcore gamer with the Twitch, this and that. I don't have time to do all of that. I have four kids as well, and I'm running these three companies. But I <laughs> love games and I love gaming and I always have. I've you know, from from Atari back in the day, I've had every console, right? First at Cal with the PlayStation when it came out, right? I'm in the dorm and everyone's coming to my room to play, right? And 
you know, thinking back almost full circle to that, that, that phase in my life after graduating and this beginning on the internet, when I was introduced to my co-founders at RealCast, you know, I dabbled a little bit in VR and, and, and just playing, it, trying to experience it and seeing where it's at. And, you know, I, I, I felt that, it, you know, we we years prior we were a little bit a, ahead of 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 the time because with these technologies we need this convergence of all these things to happen right and and for extended reality or this thing that people are calling the metaverse to really take place at scale is going to be this convergence of all these things that are being built today right between the hardware itself you know the brick phone of a VR device today that shrinks into normal a smaller form factor and almost normal glasses that we wear today, sunglasses or prescription glasses that actually have this mega computing power, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll be where it's at eventually. But it, it, it's seeing where it's at today. And I felt the timing couldn't be better to dive into this space. And I was introduced to my co-founders in an advisory sort of um, in, in introduction because you know, they, they, they have been working on these local based experiences, um, utilizing um, Microsoft HoloLens and, and, you know, pretty much every extended reality device out there to create these experiences in museums in Paris where you're engaging and interacting with the full body avatar that has that that's not stone faced, that actually has facial expressions and that's leading you through a tour or that's gamifying. The actual tour itself, where you have to actually, you know, do things to move on to the next portion of it. And and so they, you know, being at the forefront of extended reality and having a gaming background, because the background of Nino and Diego is actually gaming, right? They created Just Dance, right? They created Raving Rabbits and Ghost Recon. Just Dance became one of Ubisoft's most successful selling franchises, right? And the idea at the time was kind of a joke internally, right? Like dance as a video game, like that's not like this AAA game that, you know, Zelda or something that that you think could be big, but became a franchise that was released annually every year with an update. They were innovative. One of the first to connect the body to the screen by putting a device on you and you dance and you were scored based on your movements and 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 how symmetrical you were to that avatar on the screen that was innovative at the time right and so loving that background and then spending time you know over a 5 6 month period with them learning these these LBE experiences and what they were doing in these devices and talking about gaming let's get back into gaming and let's build these games that 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 will be essentially the future of gaming, right? Really got me excited, really got my juices flowing, really got my creativity brain going. And it's it's no different from me conceptualizing a formula and not knowing how to make that in the very beginning. I've learned the R&D side of things after 20 years of being in this business. Then me taking these amazing developers as partners and saying, let's build this, right? And putting my stamp on that from the time you open that game and the logo pops to the music intro and that drops 
to when you land in the game and what that menu looks like, what those avatars look like, what 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 the reward system looks like, what the levels are named, how we inter interweave celebrities and athletes in the levels to make it more sexy and fun, right? Like really taking that that creative hat into game is is yeah what what excited me. And yeah, it's totally different, but Getting back to this idea of feeling good, I feel gaming truly connects people in a in a meaningful way, especially you know, it, especially once online developed, right? We remember times where we're just playing games and it's it's single player. This is before I remember getting my Xbox and playing Halo for the first time, where I had the headphones and the mic on, and I'm able to talk people, talk to people for the first time. And I'm running around as a mech, right? But we're we're now we're a clan, right? Yeah. <laughs> It, it gaming just connects people in very meaningful ways, and I I love this idea of how it also makes you you feel good, and it, it it's it's an outlet, you know, for many yeah. people. No, it's definitely an exciting space, and definitely what you, you know what you what you show me is exciting, and seems like a seems like a really big opportunity. Just got to get more people putting those headsets on, but I think that that comes right. It's that same thing of having that patience of like, hey, we're going to build something that's gonna that's going to be ready for for people people to experience it it's a heads it actually absolutely that the, the equipment just like we, we we look back at the mobile phone right and its evolution right and yeah on pilots to the blackberries to the nokia flip phones and damn then this iphone came that was crazy right then the iphone came and this this isn't even a decade ago right that 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 first real iPhone really took off in 11 or whatever it was, right? That now we have this touchscreen and now we have this whole new economy sprout up, this whole new development and whole new uh, batch of companies sprout up that became our biggest, some of our biggest companies today, right? Yeah. Uber's, DoorDashes, et cetera, that didn't have a platform to do that in 05, in 06, 07. That equipment gave them that platform. We're experiencing that right now in extended reality where there's billions of dollars being pumped into you know the basement of these companies where they have these labs and they're developing the next generation of the internet and how we're going to access it it will no longer be this mobile phone or this laptop or this this ipad that you have to click and press a button to access the internet you're going to be walking around in your daily life with with internet connectivity stacked on top of the real world right that's ultimately where this thing is going to go. And these guys are working on it. So some people might say, you got the BlackBerry today and, 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 and the Oculus or MetaQuest and the, and the iPhone version is coming with Apple. Who knows? Who knows what's coming? I've gone to conferences. I see all these baby companies working on these very cool devices. It, 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 it's being developed, right? And there's a technology stack that's being developed to come with it how we transact, you know, in, in that environment, how we have the synchronous 3D rendering of these virtual worlds that are persistent, that, that, that are always on, that you can always access 24-7 in, in whatever identity that you are. There's an interoperability component, right? Right now, you can't be whatever avatar you are in, in the meta device and, and, and hop over to the PlayStation and take that that skin and that gun with you at some point, like you, as you are, Nick, you could travel to China, you could travel to Canada. 
in that shirt, what you're wearing today, anywhere in the world, anywhere in our physical universe. And at some point, you'll be able to do that in your extension of your physical identity, your digital identity, and the form of that avatar. Do yeah. those things. Which, which, you know, I got back from Japan, I don't even know when, a couple of days ago. there, too, And then, and there's, you do those long trips, you, you get back and you think, was I really there? You know, like, I mean, was, is it really possible that I was there or that yeah. I just imagined it? So I, I no, I, I get that. Now you've, you've always, you know, been someone people go to for connections to run ideas by them. And that can be exhausting, right? It can be exciting, but can also be exhausting. Yeah. And it's uh, almost like it takes a lot of time. And so tell me about uh, joining Elephant. It sounds like you've, you've kind of formalized, you might, might have a way to formalize that process, take those skills of kind of knowing Knowing, knowing what's going on. I mean, obviously, hearing you talk about two totally different topics, you know a lot more about a lot more than I do. Um, <laughs> how is uh, how has that been going? And what are you what are you nice. doing? What are you, what are you what are you looking for? You are one hundred percent correct. Like Elephant, um, and and prior to that, Concrete Hill, um, cool. this little investment platform, Jason Kidd and I gave birth to. It, it was really rooted in that connectivity, to your point, that, 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 that entrepreneurial spirit, that passion for talking to entrepreneurs about what they're doing, providing feedback or making them think outside the box or connecting them to an area, person or a company that might add value to them, right? Or investors, right? And so I, I think back in around 2016, I, I got that itch and it, it, it was, you know, it, it was proximity being here in the Bay area. Obviously the, the warrior guys are my brothers since, you know, through, through this whole process of, of winning championships, right. From, from the, the day one, they stepped foot in the Bay and, and Draymond's this chubby kid or Steph has ankle problems or, you know, wh- whatever it is, they, 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 they were bro. So seeing their evolution, their success, and seeing the people around this organization, right, the, the VCs and having connectivity to those founders and VCs and, and, and seeing them dabble a little bit and, and, and encouraging them to dabble in it more, to take those meetings, to take that coffee, um, to, to, to hang out with those guys and build connectivity and be introduced to opportunities re- re- really, really, really kind of ushered me into this, this sort of investor slash advisory space. And so with Jason, yes, yeah, started, you know, in, investing in companies and also taking on advisory role with, with companies. And I met um, Sarah from Elephant back then, like almost the, the, the first thing we went to was a YC batch in, in 2017, Jason and I, and I don't think an athlete had been there yet, right? Before that, Jason came with me and I brought Aaron Gordon the next day. And the, Michael Seibel, you know, who, who CEO of YC, who I was talking to about investing, about getting the athletes involved in investing, basically invited us and said, hey, man, come down and see what we're doing. Learn, you don't have to invest in anything, but here's, here's how we do it. You know, we created this platform and we have this batch of companies and they get access to all these resources and we have alumni and we make an investment into them and we introduce another investor. So spending time there that, that, that day and sitting in the room and talking to founders, man, 
was so energizing. Like, I loved it. I loved it. And that, that really wanted me to do more. And I met Sarah, founder of Elephant, actually on that day. And from that day on, we became, we became very close in, in, in sharing opportunities, sharing ideas. And I worked very close with him for, you know, four or five years um, before formalizing and, and joining as a venture partner. Venture partner because, you know, I, I have Rocast and I have um, Flex Power, so I, I, I can't take on a general partner capacity. But venture partner allows me to still bring deals to the table, evaluate deals, um, you know, obviously have a, a financial interest in, in the fund and, 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 and just formalizes, gives me a platform to, to now, if someone wants an advisory relationship, I have a, a, you know, a true formal entity to do that. Oh, that's awesome. And you introduced me to Sarah because an, an awesome guy. The, um, so last, last, uh, last thing. So you mentioned the Warriors. And obviously, we can't mention these championship runs enough. Um, we could, I mean, we could just—I could talk about that all day long. Just yeah. you know, <laughs> warriors, warriors, warriors. Anyone's yeah. listening, but you've—you know—when I say international man of mystery, it's because you've always—you're always there. You're like one of the fixtures, right? One of the fixtures at the game. Everyone's like, that "Guys, I always see this guy." Um, you're out and about, and you've—you know—developed friendships with players through, you know multiple generations of the team, right? So as much as I would love to go into some of those stories and yeah. hear about that stuff, yeah. um, I think that might be for another 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 show. But what have you noticed as far as just the mindset um, of athletes, even just, you know, even as, as recently as like from the 2000s to now and this whole transition, right, to the athlete or creator or influencer as a company like it's just been amazing to see kind of that power shift both uh, attention wise but also access to opportunity yeah. um yeah. kind of like the person as a business like yeah how's it been to watch that develop and obviously you know some of your guys you're great friends with are, are right at the the forefront of that yeah no it's been amazing it, it it's been truly um it, and it's been inspiring right like my all my late night hangouts with Draymond and, and, and learning about what he's doing and, and who he's talking to. And um, those conversations are, are, are truly inspiring. And he's an inspiring guy, right? Which is why, um, and, and, and one of the smartest, most intelligent people I know beyond being an athlete, right? Just the, the, the guy's just connected in, in many ways and people know, right? It, 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 it's been truly amazing to watch. There's been a generational shift and we're seeing that not only happen in sports, but we're seeing that happen in, in business and, and society overall. And, you know, you know, Le LeBron and his team have, have been one of the ones at the forefront of that in creating this change and creating this different perception of an athlete more than an athlete they coined. Right. Um, and, and him, being that mentor to that younger generation of athletes that came after him um, has truly been impactful, right? That you can be a business. You actually are a business. You actually are a corporation. I mean, you're, you're in, you're, you're, your sales, your revenue, right, is more than, than the majority of 
com- you know, companies in our world, when you consider all the small businesses and everything, all, you are a corporation, right? And so you have this platform to, to, to uplift and inspire so many people. And he's been able to do that within his network, his, his team, his family, his close friends, who then expand within their networks. Clutch is, you know, seeing what Rich Paul has done with Clutch and how he's, he's expanded that platform from basketball to football, you know, you know, I'm sure they're expanding into other sports in Hollywood and they, 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 they form that relationship with UTA because he did that UTA sort of merger forced, you know, now you see, um, uh, BDA did that. I think with WMG, you saw CAA consolidated with, with IM, you know, IMG, you're, you're seeing this consolidation and you're seeing sports, and these these other things that are central to culture, like music and Hollywood, come up, come under one entity, and they're now they're sharing resources and opportunities. Um, so so very interesting in, in that regard. But back to to our guys here, like our guys have led more of the charge from a Silicon Valley tech standpoint, right? We 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 look at. Andre, we look at Steph, you know, we look at what, what, what Draymond's done, Jermaine O'Neal, right? Guys who have been here over the years, Andrew Bogut, David Lee, dating back to those guys, Baron Davis, right? Who, who's, who's had amazing connectivity in tech in Silicon Valley, who, who realized, man, I, I have the, the, the most innovative, creative, thinkers who are changing and disrupting society as we know it, who are my fans, who are fans of me and what I do, who respect me for what I do. I share a mutual respect because I'm utilizing their resource, their service on a daily basis in whatever app or whatever they created and all the success. So when you bring those minds to the table, like special things can happen. There's a mutual respect. And when you got a guy like a Draymond or Steph or Bron who who, when you sit them across, right, from Nick or the Shamats or David Sachs or Stanley's from Dordat, whoever it is, right, all the coldness is gone. It's a very warm conversation and, and, and very open, right? And all of a sudden opportunities are discussed and, and you know, you, you, you may get introduced to certain things. So for Draymond, for these guys to be LPs, in these major funds, right? That didn't exist years ago. Who was an LP in Benchmark, Sequoia, any of Andreessen back in the day, right? Before 2015 as an athlete, right? Yeah, you could go back to the lots here, you know, but those guys were an exception. Now it's becoming a lot more common. You see a guy like JaVale McGee, who's not necessarily a Hall of Fame, right? Like um, perennial all-star guy, but a successful Guy, he has some knack for joining teams that won champions, but he's been able to connect and get in a deal. So there's there's been this learning in the space that I absolutely love that that's creating this generational shift among their teammates who are younger, seeing what they do or who want to ask questions, who now want to learn and gain access to these things. And um that's that's spreading out into the larger communities. So I'm excited to see it. No, oh, yeah, it really is exciting to see. And this whole, you know, like it's it's just anyone like you can do it. You know, you can do certain things. You're not defined by one thing you do. You're not defined no. by what someone says you do is like I feel like it's 
it's fun watching like basically the the system be be be, be changed, you know, and just people being yeah. like, I don't give a shit about your system because I don't have to anymore. You know, this yeah. is like a new, you know, I, mean, I guess they keep saying the thing about the new media. It's like it's really um it's inspiring to watch. So no, it's crazy. It's no different than what we do in business when we look to be innovative and disrupt as a category. Like for 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 those guys to question the system and why have why does it have to be this way? Right? No, I can choose what team I want to go to. Yeah. Right? Like, right? Like I, I want more of a say in that. Right? And 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 why if I do ch- choose to change what company I work for, why? Is that a bad thing, right? When people are moving from Apple to Google to this and that in the corporate world, I should be able to do that too, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, yeah, I, I, I love where the mindset has gone. Yeah. No, I mean, I think for everyone, it's that opportunity for, I think it's playing the, the long term is like, you know, the same way where, the same way that, you know, kind of a, a fucked up system decides which schools get which money, right? And yeah. then they decide you would, and then there's great opportunity. You realize there's great opportunity if someone says, hey, you're based on these criteria, you're gifted. And so we're going to expose you to more opportunity. And yeah. it's like this new model of like, no, hold on. I'll tell you that I'm gifted. I don't need you to tell me that I'm gifted and we're not in school anymore, but this is yeah. like, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever stage it's at. So I think it's inspiring for entrepreneurs, young and old. Yeah. And everyone along the, way. The, the hard part is just, as a sports fan, it's like, I'm, I want to support everything Draymond does. And then when it's like, like, but fuck LeBron's like, I, you still have to say, like, I'm not supporting, you know, that's our, that's our rival. And so it gets, yeah. it gets, a, little, it gets a little tricky there, yeah. but the, um, no, it's, it's amazing to see. And, and, uh, and, and you uh, see, you also see like the, 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 the psychology, that psychology that, that 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 may have existed historically among athletes, like oh he's on that rival team, like I can't socialize with him. And there are moments and periods of time where you don't. If you're in the fucking NBA finals, yeah, you're not going to hang out with Brunt, right? But yeah. outside of the sport, why can't we interact? Why can't we share ideas? Why can't we share resources? And so be, because that was is fallen. Right. I think you're seeing a lot more connectivity among the guys. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and just that mutual respect with let's uplift each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's there's as fans, you want to dictate like how people interact during the game and around the game. Right. But even back in the day, I remember when Magic and Isaiah were friends back in the day. And that was very like people. But what the fuck? Like you can't. No, you can't be friends. You're you know, you're you can't like hug each other before the game starts. You're, you know, cause we wanted, they wanted, uh, they wanted that rivalry, but it's and, and that mentality from those two guys. Yeah. Look at that generation. Isaiah and magic are two of the most successful business people. Yeah. Right. From that, from that era. Right. So that mentality translated into their future. Right. Cause I'm sure they were connecting the dots as athletes. Yeah. During that time when they were meaning active, actively playing. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and hopefully it's to, to when we trend, when we think about that mentality of the fan and, and, and their perception of the athlete, hopefully at some point that 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 will stick to the court. Right. Because and, and I think the things that Draymond's doing, for example, helps people 
and 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 this 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 internet and 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 everyone being able to hear and, and access these guys at the click of a finger now, whether it's Twitter, whether it's into whatever, like you get to know the person, you get to know the person outside of basketball, what they represent, right? Yeah. Are they a family guy? Are they in the business? What are they, you know, what are they doing? And Draymond's podcast is, is an amazing um, lens into who he is as an individual. And I love that he launched it. He's doing that, that it's, it's, it's growing. Um, I mean, his plans for his, what he wants to do, from a media standpoint, I think he can build an empire, right? But people are actually getting to know him and getting to know how he thinks. And so I love reading the comments because now you got guys who probably weren't fans of him previously because they're a fan of another team or because they may not necessarily agree with what he does on the court, despite him being one of the best and most successful winners of this generation with this with this Splash Bros. You get a new you get a new scope on who Draymond is, and and hopefully you can respect and appreciate that person as a man, and not necessarily necessarily a, a basketball player. You know. Yeah, I think the only people that struggle with it are the people who they liked that not everyone had the same access to things or didn't have the same platform, right? And so really, it's like it's it's pushing it to people to be like, come on, why why do you really not like this? You know, like. Yeah. You better look yeah. inside and you better figure out why you really don't like this. And it's not, it's not what you want. It's not why you think it is. You know, it's, it's like, um, you know, it's going to make people either look inside and become better or it's going right. to make people like just be angry, you know, yeah. angry at the world. And yeah. The, you yeah. Know. Blessing and a curse, right? Like, like um, these platforms and, and, and the access that you're providing to the public and fans. Right. I mean, it, yeah. it varies from, you know, celebrity to celebrity. It, this translates out, outside of right? Like, it, it's what you choose to showcase. The more we hear direct, the more opinions you hear directly from people, the better you are for it. You yeah. Know? And this having a, having filters or lanes people have to stay in or, or an external party getting to find what you can or can't do. Like, yeah. the more of that there is, the worse we are. So it's... Yeah. Um, it's exciting to see and and having kids. It's exciting to know. Listen, the the sky is the limit. You know, you guys yeah. like what a what a. Uh, I think it's actually hard. I think it's hard. I don't know if I'm that old, but it's hard for me to relate to. Like you know, I remember Tony Atapos telling me like, you know, when Twitter was first launching, he's like, you got to get on Twitter. You got to do this. You got to do this. And I'm like, why? Why do yeah. I, I? What do I want to be out there for? Why do I want to build yeah. a following? Yeah, and now yeah. it's like. Uh, <laughs> we didn't realize that that was going to be the biggest overall shift of anything, right? right? Where you, you are you. Yeah. That's where the, that's where the value and the opportunity is, which is such an exciting thing of like, yeah. um, you know, you get to decide. So. And it's happening in these virtual worlds now. I mean, I don't know about your, your kids, but mine are, you know, every chance they get, they want to be in Roblox or they want to be in Minecraft or. My kid's just in, my, he's in Valorant. I guess yeah. he just decided that. In fact, when we were in Japan, we went to, well, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to go to one of these gaming cafes. And so we did yeah. the cafe. How long do you want to be here for? He's like, yeah. Three or four hours. Like, what the fuck? Three or four? Yeah. Okay, fine. But it was. They, uh, they could spend all day in that thing. But they're they're digitally native in, in, that, in those type of worlds where my daughter is running around as an avatar in Roblox. And, and she's not killing anybody. It's not a first person shooter type thing. She's. She she comes home from school and and 
the people she just saw in freaking school are in there with her as avatars and they're driving the car and they're servicing the restaurant that they built. And there yeah. are other, other people coming in and they're serving them food or they're building a, 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 yeah. a new building, right? Like they're, they're living in these worlds as yeah. these digital identities that are communicating and, and, and transacting, even though it, it's not real money today. Yeah. Um, but that, that they're used to that. And we'll, that, that, that's their life. I'm like, yeah. that's not how we grew up, right? So, no, nah, my, my son will have his friends over sometimes and he'll be like, hey, um, is it all right if everyone goes home? And it's like, well, what happened? Did you guys get in a fight or something? He's like, no, but if we all go home, then we can all get on our computers and we can all start hanging out yeah. together. It's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So like, it's just a, it's a trip. But, anyways, yeah. no, this was great. I really enjoyed uh, catching up. Loved hearing your stories. So, we could have talked Thanks. for, we talked for a long time. This is the longest. The longest podcast we've done so far, but we could have kept. We're just scratching the surface too. (laughs) I know. All right, cool. Well, let's definitely do this again. Um, Be great to get a get an update in the future. Sounds good. Make sure to invite me to some of these secret events that I never get invited to. And then, um... (laughs) (laughs) no secret events, man. You're always invited. (laughs) So awesome, cool. Well, thanks for hopping on. Um, Where can people follow you if they want to learn more? Appreciate it, Nick. Always great catching up and and, and talking. Um, my rushingsmith.com at rushingsmith on Instagram, Twitter. Um, I've I've had that handle, just my full name on everything. <laughs> and you're so, on, and you're on billboards now. Is that correct? Like you're this is the uh, this, that was the that was the missing piece. You're like you know what's missing? I need to be on, I need to be on billboards. My my team at Flex Power is 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 very adamant about keeping me at the center of our campaign. So nice. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. Um, I just show up for photo shoots and video shoots and, and smile. And, well, and not surprisingly, I've never been asked to be on a billboard, but one day. I've... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Well, awesome. Everyone. Thanks for listening. If you get a chance, uh, rate, review, subscribe, share this episode with a friend. Lots of good stuff in there. Shout out, Nick. Thank you, brother. Awesome. Thanks. Speak soon.